Okay, folks, we're here one more time. This is Early Birds. Um, we're going to look at something which is very, very important to the Christian, to real Christians, I believe. You know, not just the ones who play church or have a form of godliness. Who is the Trinity? Who, what is the Trinity? You know, I mean, it's a very, very difficult thing to talk about because no matter what we say or do, we never feel as if we get the Trinity right. You know? There is one God eternally existing in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What I'd like to do here now, I, I would like to try and identify the three persons of the Trinity and believe in the triune God that is monotheistically from a one God point. But bearing in mind that this one God is in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It, it might be hard to get your head around and it might be confusing, but bear with me. I'm going to try my best here. One of the cardinal doctrines embraced by the vast majority of Christendom is the doctrine of the Trinity. This doctrine says that there is one God eternally is existing in three persons, namely the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. This profound mystery stands at the center of Christian doctrine and Christian teaching because at this moment in time you need to understand that not everybody believes in the Trinity or the three in one some believe in Jesus only and I'm going to stick my neck on the chopping block here and I'm going to say they are wrong they are heretics watch this if you baptize somebody by, by water, right? Even if you are blessing somebody and you bless them in Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it's wrong. There is a way unto a man which seemeth right, but the end is death, according to scripture. You see, regardless of what you see in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, it's not Jesus only, and it never will be. It is God in three persons. It is the I will get I will be stressing this all the time because you to baptize people by water or any other way to, to use the moniker Jesus only is wrong. If you are a Christian, read the Bible properly read it before you i would say this to anybody who reads the bible before the bible is no ordinary book this is god talking here he's talking to his people so what you need to do before you start to read is pray say a little prayer a little 30 second prayer a little one minute prayer ask the lord god to open your eyes to what he's trying to say so that you can be able to read between the lines so that the Holy Spirit can drop it into your spirit what he's trying to get across that's how you read the Bible in fact as a Christian anything you do as with food you have to say grace 
Me, I'm just a guy. If I'm going to practice bass guitar or whatever, if I'm going to even start writing, I always say a little prayer first, asking God to prepare the way to inspire me. And he will do that. The Bible presents the Blessed Trinity as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, Anastasius, the Bishop of Alexandria, spent a lifetime defending this doctrine. The affirmation of this great teaching is included in the Athanasian Creed and reads, So the Father is God, uh, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, and yet they are not three gods, but one God. Some people accuse Christians of worshipping three gods. That's stupidness. I'm telling you right now. You worship, we as Christians, we worship one God in three, with three persons, three different personalities. You know, so when they come with this idea, say, we worship three gods is antichristism at its best. Of course, the mystery of the Trinity is beyond our ability to explain. You know, I don't care how many degrees you got, masters or whatever. It's not easy explaining the Trinity. It can do your head in. It may be the most difficult thought the human mind has ever been asked to handle. While it is not easy to grasp, it is sound doctrine. This much we know. God is essentially one and he's also free. There is only God, but this one God makes himself known to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they are three distinct personalities. You still with me, yeah? Several scripture passages show all three persons of the Godhead interacting in a given situation look at this this was true at the baptism of jesus mark 1 10 to 11 records coming up out of the water he jesus saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending from upon him and there came a voice from heaven saying thou art my beloved son in whom i am well pleased Another example is found in John 14, 16, where Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Later on, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, 19, 20, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, same person, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, if not, that is not three in one, I don't understand. If that is not the Trinity, would you tell me? We are told to baptize, or whatever we do, to do it within the Trinity. I don't hear Jesus saying do anything in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name only. I don't hear that. Yes, people might well run to the Old Testament and give you Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. 
But even when you look at that through the Holy Spirit, when you look at that verse, the Trinity is still there. One God, Deuteronomy 6, 45, Mark 12, 28, 30, 1 Corinthians 8, 4, 6. This is what you're looking at, the one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Yes, that's all standable, you understandable, but apostolics and Jesus only Christian worshippers, if you can call themselves that, they run to this verse, you know. When it comes to baptizing, they run to the Old Testament. Now, don't get me wrong, but people only run to the Old Testament when they when they're looking for an example or some kind of an excuse. But at the end of the day, everybody, we, we, we are all New Testament Christians, you know. This running to the to the um to Deuteronomy six, four and five is just an excuse, mate. God has already said something. Don't let the devil use you and start running through excuses and all kind of thing. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's all we need to know. You know? We are New Testament church people. Okay. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Polytheism, the worship of many gods, was a pattern followed by most ancient nations. In contrast to other nations, Israel worshipped one God. Right? One God, yes. The Trinity, monotheistically. Right? One of the problems with worshipping many false gods was the inconsistency of their imagined demands. One God they you worship they worship might require a certain behavior of them, while another God might expect just the opposite. Being faithful to one of these gods could result in invoking the wrath of another. This was not the case in worshiping the one true God. You see, look at the Indians, right? Indian religion. Thirty-five, or is it thirty-five million God, different gods? And to tell you the God truth, right? You have to be able to please each one of them because if you don't, you find yourself in trouble. You know what? Stick to one God. It's a lot easier. This was not the case, as I said, in worshipping the one true God. That there is one God, supreme, self-existing and everlasting is the foundational belief of Judaism and Christianity. That is what we believe in. We believe in one God, three personalities, three characteristics. In the clearest and strongest language possible, Moses affirms Jehovah alone is the sovereign God of heaven and earth. He asserts the Lord God of Israel is absolutely God. There is none other. And he made himself known to Israel. He gave to them a righteous standard that is good for all time. There was no confusion from competing gods, but rather a consistent, unwavering message offering guidance for daily living. Ladies and gentlemen, believe in the one God. Because I know you don't I, I know you feel say worshipping this God is worshipping free gods, but 
If you really want to know who God is, read scripture. Start from Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. You know? God was there, obviously. Holy Spirit was there. Jesus was there. In the beginning was the word. John chapter 1 verse 1. The evidence is all there. The Trinity was there. At one point in chapter 2, God said, Come, let us make man. Further still, if you go to Genesis 11, God yet again says, Come, let us go down. So if that is not the Trinity, I mean, if it was just the one God, then it would be a case of, I this, I that. I will go down. I will make man. But it wasn't. It was God speaking and agreeing with three other personalities the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit ok um, know of God 1 Corinthians 8 4-6 but to us there is but one God the Father of whom are all things and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all are, are all things and we by him the Corinthians raised the question about eating meat that had been offered to idols. Paul affirmed that there is nothing real about an idol. It is nothing in the world. He refers to idols as so-called gods, declaring there is no other god but one. And who is that god? Exactly. No matter how many idol gods some people perceive there to be, or how many people worship such worthless objects there is only one living God Paul spoke with absolute certainty about God and referred to him as the father the Christian understands God in this way for Jesus taught his followers to think of God as father God invites us to relate to him as a child to his father in Acts 17.28, Paul declared, For in him we live and move and have our being, for we are also his offering. Since he is the source of life, we owe, we owe our all to him. Consider Paul's admonition. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Three persons, Luke 3, 21, 22, John 5, 16, 21, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Watch this now, yeah? Now when all of the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and the voice came from heaven which said thou art my beloved son in thee I am well pleased yeah still with me yeah Luke does not get into the particulars of Jesus' baptism like the other gospel writers do his attention is is um, drawn to what happened after the baptism here's the further proof of the trinity after Jesus was baptized, he prayed. This is not unusual, for the scriptures reveal that Jesus prayed at most every momentous event he was involved in. Jesus was a praying person. He was always praying. He didn't get up without praying. Every morning he prayed, afternoon, this guy was a prayer. He was a prayer warrior who we should follow. 
as an example. We are not told in nature of Jesus' prayer, but by observing what happened after he prayed, we may safely conclude his prayer had to do with the confirmation of his person and mission. While Jesus prayed, heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. This is not the first or the last time a member of the Godhead revealed himself in a visible shape. God appeared as a pillar of fire and a cloud during the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites, as a divine light in the Holy of Holies, and as tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost. While Jesus stands in the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit rests on him in the form of a dove, the voice of the Father is heard from heaven declaring proudly, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. What an undeniable picture of the Trinity we have here. This is the Trinity at work. You can't lie about it and say, this Jesus only. This is the Trinity. And if you oppose this, then fortunately, you're not a Christian. Well, you, you, you are a Christian, right? Let's say you're a Christian. But you have a form of godliness which denies the Holy Spirit. Because, yeah, people, a lot of people believe in God, they believe in Jesus, but they find it very hard to believe in the Holy Spirit. You know? And although God and, and Jesus get 100% respect, it's that the Holy Spirit doesn't get the same respect as the rest of them. Some people see Jesus as being the main God and the Father and the Holy Spirit as two, two non-entities. Let's get it right, folks. Let's get it right. Because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you may well find yourself going to hell. You know what I'm saying? In many ways, the Bible clearly establishes there is one God and that He eternally exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The combined works of this triune God makes salvation available to all of us. You know, God gave his Son that we might have eternal life, and Jesus is described as the author and the finisher of our faith, and the Holy Spirit draws us to him. Okay, at this point, I know some of you think to yourself, what is this guy talking about? Where is he from? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian a long time. And I believe in the Trinity. I believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the proof is there. I don't see anything else where it says about we must baptize Jesus only. That's the problem, folks. It doesn't say in the Word of God that we should worship God, Jesus only. I might, yes, we can. When we want to prove ourselves right, we will find the relevant verses. You know, we'll find the relevant things to back ourselves up. Even the devil did that. You know, he backed himself up scripturally with Eve or whatever. But when you're going to read God's word, 
ask God to show you what he's trying to say to you between the lines yes although the Old Testament stresses the fact that there is but one God it recognizes the plurality plural I need to get that word the plurality of the Godhead by the names it uses of God also by certain pronouns for example Genesis 1 verse 1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth the plural name for God Elohim is used this plurality is underscored later in the chapter with the occurrence of plural pronouns in verse 26 of Genesis 1 God says let us make man in our image like our likeness who was he talking to there tell me the New Testament clearly shows the existence of the Trinity God in three persons this fact is illustrated by the baptism of Jesus through, through Paul's triune benediction and by the baptismal by the baptismal formula given by Jesus himself if anybody tells you that they don't believe in the Trinity take them straight to Jesus' baptism Matthew 28 and show them that you know there is a viable proof that is needed alright a little bit on the Holy Spirit because not everybody believes that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity but you gotta believe it trust me he's the third person of the Godhead and did not come into existence on the day of Pentecost he has always been there Genesis 1 verse 2 who's there in the Old Testament there are only 88 references to the work of the Holy Spirit in Pentecostal times the Holy Spirit came to empower and enable men for specific tasks and departed in post Pentecost time the Holy Spirit prayed, appeared to men more frequently and came to live within men not only to empower them but infill and indwell the believer so that we can bear witness to Christ in work and ministry for him hear this now right if you didn't if you don't believe what I'm saying go to the, what I'm telling you after go to the Bible after this for the proof itself the Holy Spirit is a person with a personality and intelligence 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11, Romans 8, 26, 27. We have a duty to get to know the Holy Spirit. He has a will. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, He has self-consciousness. Ephesians 4, 30, Isaiah 63, 10, He can be grieved and He can be quenched and offended through our disobedience rejection of Christ but most commonly in our time of worship when we do not give glory to God in our doubt and unbelief without reverence and without awe in John 15 26 Jesus gives the Holy Spirit a masculine gender E the Holy Spirit is not a hit God if you want to be disrespectful call the Holy Spirit an hit but then again, when you talk to somebody, another person, a child or somebody, you don't call them an it. You're insulting them. You get me? So when you're talking to 
the Holy Spirit, or when you refer to the Holy Spirit, you have to refer to Him as a E. Why? Because He is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some kind of force or thing. Once again, the Holy Spirit is a person. God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And He is God as well. The Holy Spirit is God. In the Bible, He is called by many different names. Each name gives us a different glimpse of His person and His work. He, he often is called Spirit. In the original languages of the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, the same word is used to mean spirit, breath, and wind. A spirit is not limited like a physical body and does not wear out like material things. God the Father and God the Son are also spirit. John 4:24, Acts 17:24 to 29. The third person of the Trinity is just as real and just as spiritual as the Father and the Son. His name, however, gives special emphasis to his spiritual nature. The Spirit is alive and active, although he, although he is invisible. John 3 verse 8 Other names other names identify the Holy Spirit's relationship with the Father and Son. Jesus referred to him as the Spirit of your Father. Matthew 10:20 His relationship to the Son of God is indicated by scriptures that call him the Spirit of Christ. Romans 8:9 the Spirit of His Son, Galatians 4.6, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.19. He is called also the Eternal Spirit, because He, like the Father and the Son, always has and always will exist. Hebrews 9.14 He is the Spirit of Truth, because He inspired the Holy Scriptures. He teaches us how to understand them. John 14, 17, 15, 26, 16, 13, 1 John 5, 6. He is the spirit of life. Okay? Because he possesses and gives life. Romans 8, 2. He is the spirit of promise. Because God promised him. And because he guarantees the fulfillment of all the promises God has made to his children. Ephesians 1.13 He is the spirit of glory because he reveals the glory of God. And he will bring Christians to their crowning glory. 1 Peter 4.14 So hopefully now you know who the, um, who the, now you know who the Holy Spirit is. He's a part and parcel of the Trinity. And quite frankly, if you're going to baptize people and stand up there and say in the name of Jesus, it's not as if it doesn't roll off the tongue. It's not as effective as it should be. Because somewhere along the line, you got it wrong. You need to backtrack and start all over again. Yes, right now there are thousands and thousands of people in this world, in this world over, who believe in Jesus' name, in Jesus only, based on the fact what man tell them. 
Some men, back in the day, some men had visions that Spirit told them to, well, if you're going to baptize, just baptize in Jesus' name only. Some of them had dreams. Some of them say some kind of Spirit come to them, you know, or whatever. Don't forget, we are fighting a war, which is not, again, we're not war fighting against flesh and blood here, you know. So obviously, when something comes to you, it's going to come, you're going to feel like it come from God, you're going to feel like it come from heaven, you're going to feel like something dropping out your spirit, but you've got to back it up with scripture. It's not everything out there is real, or it's not everything out there that Christians should be following, you know. God said this, God said that. I must do the... Where's the proof, folks? Where's the proof? I'm going to finish off here by saying... You're going to get baptized? Make sure you are baptized in the name of the Trinity. Nobody else. Not in Jesus' name only. Not in the Holy Spirit name only. Not in God's name only. You've baptized people in the name of the Father, the Son... And the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Early Bird signing off. Peace.